welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, I guess I'm feeling a little sad. Yeah. End of an era. Yeah. I have been a subscriber to Entertainment Weekly for over 20 years. Uh, and they are ceasing print. Uh, uh, which I guess the writing was on the wall when they went, despite keeping the name Entertainment Weekly, went to monthly. Yeah. Uh, which they have been for a while now. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, it's uh, it's well, this coming on the heels of, I mean, the AV club isn't going away technically, but like, right. They pretty much fired everybody. Um without firing them it's a really fucked up uh yeah i read uh, about thing that. they did yeah um so like the i feel like the the pop culture things that i knew in my late teens and early 20s that sort of fed a lot of my cinephilia and other like cultural pursuits um even though i might have especially in the case of entertainment we have I've outgrown like their reach as far as what kind of films they cover for the most part. Right. Um, but it was always an important touchstone to, to me. And now those things are, both of those things are, are essentially are, are going away, at least in the form that we know them. Entertainment people still exist as a website, which it has EW.com has been, I guess, doing well this entire time. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but, that's what I guess. Um, but it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it'll be weird not to, not to hold, you know, at some point I'll be going back to riding the bus and the train. I don't know. Right. I keep thinking that it started to happen back in like May and June, you know, and then like, I kind of stopped doing it again. Eventually I'll get back to that. Uh, but my commutes, I won't be reading entertainment weekly on my commutes. It'll be weird because that's been a, a touchstone for so long. Going back to when we lived in Chicago together, you yeah. know, reading entertainment weekly on the train is, uh, uh, spans decades and cities for me. And, you know, like, yeah, I know that they're going to, you know, continue, uh, online and that's good, but there is something about like, but that's also just sort of, everything's ongoing. Like I'm sure there are updates every day on EW.com, but there is something about like, okay, this is what they have decided to put into the magazine and it's set. Uh, And so you could like read it and, and yeah, I haven't subscribed in, in a while, but I remember, yeah, when we lived together and you would get entertainment weekly and it was just like, okay, that's, it was a fun little highlight to the week, even for me. Like I would, leaf through it and you just kind of got a sense of what was going on in the world of entertainment. Uh, you got a little snapshot and like, and it was, and it, there was a limitation to it. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm done reading the magazine and I'll have to wait for next week to see what, what else is going on. And uh, you know, I try not to be the, the, the old man who, who pines for the way things used to be and just naturally assumes it was better when I was growing <laughs> up. Um, but I do, you know, and I do recognize like the, the convenience of digital, the, the convenience of online stuff, but I do, you know, whether it be 
I'm sure I romanticize the video store quite a bit um, and, and romanticize the, the physical, you know, the, the print version of entertainment weekly or, or newsweek uh, or whatever stuff I read. Um, but there is something kind of nice about, I don't know. There's something kind of nice about something existing in physical form. It feels more, and even if it's just like a disc that you will then take and just watch at home and it will feel exactly like if you were streaming it, um, there's just something, especially now when so much stuff exists, you know, out in the ether uh, of the internet, just something physically existing just gives it a sense of finality, a sense of, of uh, significance of some kind. Um, and yeah, this is one I, I, I heard that and it made me, it made me sad. Like we actually have some entertainment weeklies that were delivered to our house by mistake. Oh. Uh, it, the form, it, it, the former residents, like we've lived in this house for like f- five years, almost five years now, yeah. but starting a few months ago, we got some entertainment weeklies for the old resident. And it was just, if you read I, them, that's a crime though. <laughs> you know what? Lock me up. That's what I say. Does um, turning the page of an entertainment weekly that wasn't addressed to you count as opening someone else's mail? That's the question. Well, we also get, you know, bills and credit card statements. I read it all. Um, but, uh, and so like I leaf through and it's like, oh, that's really it. It's nice to see like these little spreads and and just see little snippets of of information. And uh, yes, it's still available online. Um, but now it's just one more website with with movie and entertainment news, whereas yeah. before it's like there aren't there were a lot of magazines there, but not nearly as many magazines as there are websites. So it felt a little bit more special. Yeah, but uh, also I keep in mind like this is something that's specific to our age because Entertainment Weekly started in the early 90s. So it's been like with us as long as we've been like cognizant. But I imagine someone who's in their mid 50s, you know, 15 years older than us is like probably never, maybe never took Entertainment Weekly that seriously, you know, and and it's like, or or AV Club, you know, these are things that came along after they were already adults. And uh, so, like, I don't know, at some point we'll be in our fifties, hearing people in their thirties complain about the end of like, I don't know, polygon.com or something that I like. I'm like, sure. Oh yeah. I never really got into that. Um, yeah. which is not entirely true. I do read polygon for comics reviews sometimes. Um, anyway, let's, uh, well, I, before we get to our ads, I want, right. um, to mention, we got a, uh, another postcard from Peter. This one's super fun. I don't know, uh, if you can, can can see it uh a yeah big glare on it yeah i can see a covered wagon and a river well, so this is a it's a picture of the oregon trail oh okay. and then it has the little like uh computer family it, and the words you dysentery? have died you have died of dysentery yeah. so it's like when you die of dysentery in oregon trail but it's superimposed over an actual picture of nice of the oregon trail so that's uh that's that's very funny and 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 peter says uh uh i saw nightmare alley the other day whenever i talk about it with my friends i can't help but say guillermo del tormo thanks to your episode with josh Fadon, <laughs> which i admit i still in my head have to say like del toro not del tormo um 
So uh, thank you, Peter. Um, and I want to tell you, Peter, and all the listeners in, in general about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them every day of our lives. Today I was listening to a band. Um, sometimes I just got, I mean, this is a good band, but sometimes I got to give it up for a good uh, album name, you know, um, uh, like metal for as like hard as metal is. Um, it takes a lot of pleasure in like silly puns and portmanteaus or whatever. Um, but uh, so I was listening to the newest album from a death metal band called worm. And they're from Florida which is why they named their album forever glade. <laughs> and I, that's kind of what drew me to it, but it's actually a really good album as, as, as well. So uh, check out worm and it'll sound great on your tweaked earbuds that are available to low, low price at tweaked But if you listen, if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler, we're back. Mm-hmm. And it is time to talk Oscar noms. Absolutely. People have been, for a week, better part of a week, people have been avoiding the internet because they want to hear us right. talk about the Oscar noms. Yeah, because I'm sure we'll have a unique take. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, invariably, um, anything it's so interesting, um, as we're talking about, you know, the, 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 for all intents and purposes, death of, uh, entertainment weekly. And, and just as I'm lamenting things that are going away, yeah. um, it feels increasingly, and certainly I'm not the first person to, to say this, people uh, either mournfully or in a celebratory way are talking about like the increasing uh, quote unquote irrelevance of the Academy Awards. And so, you know, and even even the tone as I talk about the Oscars, like it, fe- it has changed since we've been doing this show. And it feels like a more and more niche kind of thing as opposed to you know, a, a huge event for the, for the whole world. Um, it doesn't feel like that anymore. And so uh, invariably a lot of the, a lot of the articles I've been reading this week and, and, you know, uh, YouTube videos I've been watching of people like reacting to the nominations there is underneath it all. Um, and sometimes not even that, like there are people that will actively incorporate into the conversation what the Oscars are now. Uh, and we've already had conversations like that, but yeah, like when I, when I look at this list and and when people talk about, I can't believe this was snubbed and that was snubbed. Uh, there is, there is this feeling now of like, yeah, you know, it happens. What are you going to do? Like it's, it's, it doesn't have quite the, 
vitality to me mm-hmm. that it once did at, like because i don't think the oscars necessarily maybe in the industry certainly but i don't think the oscars really have much power anymore as far as you know raising the profile of a movie um i feel like the last time that happened was probably moonlight and i think a big part of why that happened was because of the mix-up um in presenting best picture but i mean i yeah, maybe not as much as it used to, but I do think, I mean, there are probably a lot of people who would not have seen Parasite who saw that, Parasite. Yes, that's true. Because there was, there was an unprecedented quality uh, to that one for sure. Yeah, um, and I don't know if it'll have the same effect on Drive My Car. Um, right. I will say, like, there is this reflexive... Uh, I think I've seen people comparing... Parasite and Drive My Car, which feels like a little racist because it's like sure. two Asian movies. But also, I mean, look, I think Drive My Car is a, I probably think it's a better movie than Parasite, but it's also a less accessible movie, I think, to a mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like Parasite, the thing that is a barrier to a lot of Americans is just the fact that it's subtitled. Right. Beyond that, it's a super like enjoyable movie that anyone could get into. And it Drive grabs My you car, pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Drive My Car, I mean, I'm glad you said it. it. It grabs you pretty quick. Drive My Car is a three hour movie where the opening titles don't come in until 45 minutes into the movie. Right. Like it's, yes. it's not exactly a movie that like uh, you can show to, you know, your mainstream friends and say, see, you like foreign films. <laughs> like, and, and I, I, you know, a lot of people will drive my car is a great movie. I, I'm just, I feel like that comparison is a little simplified, simplistic right. and, and racist. Um, yeah. It's it's notable that people aren't saying like drive my car is the new is this year's Roma. Yeah, they're not saying that, are they? Uh, yeah. But also that because Belfast is this year's Roma. Sure. Uh, yes, that <laughs> is that is true. Yes, although not nearly as good. Um, uh, no. And I didn't I necessarily uh, love Roma that year, but I certainly like it more than Belfast. Um, yeah, you're yeah you're one. There a lot of people that I know are kind of Roma skeptics. I I liked it. I liked Roma quite a bit yeah. actually. Yeah, I, um, I I do too. And it's I've said this before, like I didn't really love gladiator. I still don't love it, but I, I associated disappointment with gladiator. And then I, and then I saw like kingdom of, of heaven, which the director's cut is supposed to be great. And then I thought like, Oh, you know what? Gladiator is a lot better than I remember. Uh, and similarly, like I didn't really like Titanic that much. And then I saw Pearl Harbor and it's like, Oh, never mind. Titanic is maybe a masterpiece. Uh, and similarly, like, Roma, I thought was like, no, this is very good. It, it wasn't in my top 10, but this is very good. Then I see Belfast. I'm like, oh, Roma actually is like, this is how you do a movie like this. Um, so it's, you know, give it enough time and there will always be a movie that makes a previous movie look much better. But that's like you and I, and I think probably most people listen to this, who listen to this podcast, not big fans of Belfast. Right. I, to the point where I like, I'm honestly not entirely sure what people who like it are seeing in it. I think it's so straightforward and it's so not merely visually, it's so, it's so black and white to me. Like there, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of, of, you know, nuance. And it's not like anybody is saying, it's like, you know what? I hate nuance. So I really love uh, Belfast. Nobody's saying that, but it's so, it's just so clear cut and everything is so 
and there's such a such a, a rose colored glasses quality to it. Like the the kids' parents played, you know. I think the acting all around is solid, but everything is just so perfect. Like the grandparents are the essence of grandparents. Yeah. The parents are so very much in love that, like, yeah, they have some issues here and there, but the issues are all about like how do we how do we take the best possible care of our kids as opposed to you know something like to go with another like. Uh, Irish like memoir, uh, something like Angela's Ashes, where like Robert Carlyle's character is not very reliable and could be seen as a purely negative character. Like there are very few negative there. Frankly, in my view, there are very few like purely human characters in the movie. Like everybody is just sort of boiled down to their essence, which I don't like, but I do think it plays well with a, with a, a larger crowd, frankly. But also, I think the thing that really, yes, everything you're saying is true, but I think the the thing that really s- sticks in my craw <laughs> about the movie <laughs> yeah. is how uninspired, boring, bordering on unpleasant it looks. And I, I've, I think I, when I was a younger, you know, for most of my life as a cinephile, I've always thought that like what people are responding to in movies is filmmaking whether they realize it or not often when people who aren't steeped in filmmaking and don't talk about it when they talk about like about a movie they talk about like the story and characters and, right. and stuff like that um but i've always felt that there's a reason you know the reason steven spielberg is one of the most popular and greatest film directors or one of, well, the reason he's one of the most popular is because his of his facility which is filmmaking yeah and can i what Belfast is, I think, the worst film that I've seen from Kenneth Branagh in terms of just the way that a film is put together. It's mm. it's not interesting to look at, um, uh, and, and and it's there's nothing at all surprising or engaging. It's flat and ugly, and I just I think that's the thing that really but like that that are have people become so used to movies that don't have this is you know me being the old man who blames everything on the mcu have people sure. become used to a bland samey look to movies that they don't even notice when a uh a movie that's contending to be named one of the best of the year uh is so uninspired visually which is interesting because when you think about it, Kenneth Branagh made one of the more visually bold entries in the MCU. Yes, Thor is a better film than Belfast. I without would agree a with doubt. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, this isn't just going to be us bitching, is it? It might be actually. It very well could be. Yeah. Um, but we, you now, know, we can talk about like, you know, there's you can talk about snubs and all that. Like, I, I'm fine with this being kind of an unstructured conversation. I'm fine with yeah. jumping around a little bit. And I want to well, stick with Belfast for one second. Oh, OK. OK. Because oh, you get to the biggest surprise of the year. Right. I'd say in contention for the biggest surprise. And that is the inclusion of Judy Dench. Yeah. And the exclusion of Katrina Balf, who I look, they're both good. They're both very good in the movie. Judy Dench is doing something we've seen her do a million times before. Reliably, I like her character. It's nothing against her, but 
from a dynamic standpoint, I think Katrina Balf is required to do so much more. I think she actually does transcend the limitations of the writing and really makes, makes that character feel less like a nostalgic memory and more like an actual character. And the fact that she, and she was like such a, it was such a, a an assumption. Everyone just figured she's one of the people that's going to make it in. And the fact that she wasn't, it's like, okay, well, that's unfortunate. But the well, fact that Judy Dench was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, because, you know, I, for the first time ever, actually, I actually, just for my mom and my sister, my youngest brother, my other brother doesn't care. But um, I have a thing every year, um, starting at the beginning of award season up until the nominations, I send a, an email out to my mom and my sister, my younger brother about like, you know, Hey, if you want to be caught up in time sure. for the Oscar nominations, here's the stuff you should watch. Here's the priority you should watch them in. Uh, and so for the first time this year on the last day before the nominations, instead of sending them the last minute update, I actually just like made Oscar nomination predictions. Hmm. Um, and I did. Okay. I had, I did not have, the words being the Ricardos did not, did not appear in my nominee predictions whatsoever. So, right. um, but I, the reason I bring that up is because, is because that fifth slot that you're saying Katrina Belf was expected to have, I had Ruth Nega in, in that slot. Well, what's interesting, Jesse Buckley was a bit of a, a surprise inclusion as well. Like Ruth Nega and Kat- Katrina Belf were considered like in the top three or four. Um, not like the well, fifth, the fifth slot. I guess um, I'm more of a prognosticator than, uh, I give sure. us a credit for because I had just Jesse Buckley. I got not. I, I won't go through my whole list, but I got nine of the ten best picture nominees. I I did not have Nightmare Alley as best picture, and I yeah best picture. I did have Tick Tick Boom getting a best picture nod. Sure, um, and I think that's. I think you're correct. I think uh, there was more support here for Nightmare Alley than I expected. Um, which I worked thought out, maybe I mean, cinematography, but I didn't expect much beyond that. Yeah. The, uh, which worked out well for me in terms of our fantasy award season, but yeah. I think we'll do another Patreon about that before the yeah. Oscars. So we'll, yeah. we'll set that, that stuff aside for now. Um, but uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that was to, the reason, but the reason I like Judy Dench was a surprise because she, she just wasn't in the conversation at all. At all. And, and the other, so the other biggest surprise in a positive way for me, uh, in, in terms of a nomination that I did not think was in the conversation at all was worst person in the world for original screenplay. Sure. Like there, um, there had certainly been some talk about Renata Reinsby or however you say her name, uh, being a dark horse. I think a lot of wishful thinking on certain people's thought right. uh, parts in turn for, for best actress, but at least that one had some precedent. There were, some right. other groups, critics groups and stuff that had awarded uh, Renata Reinsby. Including um, and especially the BPs. The BPs, yes. Um, but no, like no one was, I don't think, I, I don't know if anyone was predicting worst person in the world getting an original screenplay nomination. But that's a pleasant no. surprise because uh, the movie's great. Yeah, I still I still haven't seen it. I know I need to, but I know that uh, there were a lot of people very excited uh, at that at that notion. Um, as far as as big surprises the the exclusion of denis villeneuve especially for a movie that was so universally embraced uh in in every other non-acting category uh like it's up for picture and screenplay and all these other things not director though which is surprising it it is one of those things like if you if you're gonna give a movie this many of the technical nominations 
it feels like are are we on the same page about what a director <laughs> does? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I guess this is the problem we always the mistake the fallacy the mistake we always make when we talk about the Oscars is if the board is thinking or the board the academy is thinking as one unit. Right. You know, it's we can't we can't assign like what was the academy thinking like a lot of I'm sure a lot of people nominated Denis uh, Villeneuve. Uh, sure. And uh, yeah, he and didn't it, make it. And it does. Don't get me wrong. Like I, Dune is is a film that. I didn't necessarily love, but, uh, but I definitely am, am, I can admire all of the technical aspects and yeah, the director brings that together. Um, and it just always fascinates me that like, when I think the, the Academy is making progress and I don't even mean, uh, you know, people talk about like the, the socio sociological progress it's making. I just mean like, you know, like it, it can like parasite can win and it can win best picture and moonlight can win over la la land but there's but the academy is still going to do what it does it's still going to give best picture also to green book it's mm-hmm. also good and like and it's still going to embrace belfast to such an extent that like well obviously we're going to nominate that for best director uh instead of dune but then you've got like hamaguchi in there which is a surprise. So like sometimes the yeah. Academy will, will do this thing where, that suggests like they're headed in a very specific direction, but they're still, it really feels like there's yeah. just two complete halves of it. At I'm going to steal, I'm going to steal a tweet that I saw and I can't remember who said it, but uh, uh, Hamaguchi got more nominations than house of Gucci. I saw that tweet as if you didn't say it, I was going to. Um, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's an interesting, I guess, Mentioning House of Gucci, we could talk about um, the that actress. was a huge, yeah, that was a I, huge snub. Again, going back to my um, my predictions, I was uh, way off on this category, or well, I got two wrong because I had Lady Gaga in it. But I, like I said, I, I maybe it's like a certain like bias because I didn't like being the Ricardos, but I also didn't like Belfast and I expected it to get nominations. Yeah. I, I didn't expect this many nominations for being the Ricardos. With with a notable omission being original screenplay, which I'm fine with. Don't get me wrong. I feel like yeah. to the degree that that film is good at all, it's because of the actors. Um, but oddly enough, and I'm certainly not the only person to say this, the best performance was the one that wasn't nominated. Um, oh, Nina Arianda. Yeah, I think yeah. she. I, I actually don't mind a lot of these performances, but she was my favorite one, <laughs> and uh, she was the one that was excluded. Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad to see Penelope Cruz on there. Um, uh, I, I. It's. Was, was Parallel Mothers not Spain's submission? Uh, I don't. I I should keep closer track of that i don't actually know i assume it would you kind of feel like anything almodovar does would be that the that country's submission um but yeah i don't actually know um i'm trying to trying to google it right now uh no a movie called the good boss okay was spain's official so that's a that's like a choice that but that's like the crime of Father Amaro over Ismael yeah. type of yeah. uh, that's going to look real dumb. Uh, uh, 
but you know, I wonder if it's because I've said before, I don't know who makes these decisions. Um, it's probably different country to country, but um, like when I talked about parallel mothers on the movie journal, I talked about that sort of like um, the way that it's engaged with Spain's political history. Sure. Like maybe maybe there were some political reason that uh, it didn't get the nomination or yeah, it didn't get the absolutely. submission rather. I don't know. I, that's just all speculation. Uh, oh, okay. I um, I like reading about Oscar firsts. Okay. Um, so Jane Campion is the first woman to have ever been nominated for Best Director twice. Oh, okay. Um, also, here's a fun I one. Forget, I forget that um, Catherine Bigelow was not nominated for Zero Dark Thirty. I forget that. Right, yeah. You would have thought. Um, okay, this is the first time ever that two different real-life couples have all been nominated in acting categories. Okay. Do you know the two couples I'm talking about? Well, I, I read about, you know, the morning of the nominations. I, I read uh, Kirsten Dunst talking about uh, how she was the one that told Jesse Plemons because uh, yeah. he was on, he was on set and it was very early and like, he was just busy and she called him and said, Hey, guess what? Um, which like, and that's, such a fun story that yeah. it's both their first time and they got to share it for the same movie no less yeah um, and also I don't, that uh, he wasn't he wasn't one of the expected nominees yeah she was definitely in the conversation he was getting some stuff here and there i certainly wasn't expecting him um but who are the who's the other uh couple we just mentioned her penelope cruz and javier bardem i didn't know i didn't yeah. know they were together Good yeah they actually have been for quite a while they were in the um not very good Asgar for a hottie movie. Everybody knows uh, together, which mm. was, I'm sure they've been in other movies together, but that was, uh, yeah, uh, those a fun, like meta thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, again, we've got in supporting actor, we've got another goddamn being the regardless. <laughs> and you know, I, and this is one of those things, and this happens to me every once in a while that, you know, I go to gold dirt because of the draft. I go to gold derby and I see like what, different people are suggesting in, in various categories and JK Simmons name would pop up from time to time. And I thought like, well, he's not really getting anything anywhere else. You know, he wasn't up for, you know, a golden globe or anything like that. Critics really weren't doing anything and his performance is fine. It's enjoyable. Um, you know, it's curmudgeonly. It's uh, it's like a much safer version of his whiplash character. Like he, where he's just like grumpy and, and, uh, and uh, abrasive and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so anytime I would see him in the, t in the conversation, I'm like, well, that's not going to happen, obviously. Yeah. Cause this movie's not going to be that embraced because yeah, it didn't, the movie in general didn't feel like it was that big of a part outside of Nicole Kidman. It didn't feel like it was that big of a part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, then he shows up and I also really wasn't expecting Jesse Plemons because his character is the least showy of the big four in that movie. And, you know, he's kind, he's kind of the straight man slash punching bag. So him being nominated, first off, I think it just speaks to how much support power the dog has this year, but also like, yeah, I mean, there were, there were plenty of other people that could have been nominated instead of him. I'm not saying that they are better, but like there are a lot more, a lot, a lot of uh, actors in the running like this could have been, for example, uh, Ben Affleck's 
first acting nomination for Tender Bar, and a lot of people thought it what it would it would have been. It's what I had in my my predictions. I also yeah. like the uh, the SAG Awards got me thinking that Bradley Cooper had a shot here. Yeah, it's uh, SAG is weird this year too because in supporting actress you had Kate Blanchett out of nowhere for Nightmare Alley, and yeah. and even though she got the nomination got that nomination, she wasn't even nobody really considered her as a possibility for the Oscars. It was just kind of this out of the blue uh, kind of thing. Um, And uh, yeah, but I, when I saw licorice pizza and I saw how little screen time he has, it's just like, you know, people have been nominated for less and he certainly is memorable, but I just feel like there's too much competition and I didn't think the Oscars would include him. And and sure enough, they didn't. Um, I obviously still need to see Coda. That has gotten some some yeah, uh, I was gonna recognition. Say, um, you uh, very wisely put a, a a post of a battleship pretension with all of the nominees and links to our reviews of everything. But you didn't link to my Coda review. I um, I uh, should. In what capacity did you? It, write it was a, a Sundance review. It was a Sundance. Okay, that was That's the situation. Why. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I will go in and do, cause I'm sure it's, I did it so quickly that I was like, I'm, I bet I'm missing something. Cause I just essentially looked back at every theatrical review for like the last 12 months, basically, uh, searching of a specific tag. And so, yeah, like anything that was like Sundance based, uh, was right. not included in that. Yeah. But um, anyway, I didn't mean to like call you out, but, uh, no, I just, it's fine. I just noticed I, that cause I was using that post to reference right now. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just noticed it. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm looking at as well. And uh, yeah. And looking at it, it's like, it's just sort of the way this happens. We, we usually have more reviews of, of uh, Oscar nominees by the time we get to uh, the, the announcement of the nominees, but uh, you know, we don't have reviews for Belfast or power of the dog or, you know, uh, you know, we don't have a review for Coda as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I think I need to be more. Uh, I need to hound certain people more because I didn't get a chance to see Power of the Log until after it was out. I know that people who have contributed to the website did see Power of the Dog before it was out. And I should have done what I've done in the years past, which is like, will you write a review? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, which I've, I wasn't as good about this this year. But um I'm getting back into the swing of things after, yeah. you know, last year was weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I didn't get a chance to see Belfast or, or power of the dog or, or don't look up, um, until after, uh, they were out or Dune. I reviewed a number of these though. Yeah. You reviewed the majority of them. I'd say, um, yeah. I believe Josh reviewed Dune. That's the only one I can think of that. you. Uh, no, uh, Scott reviewed licorice pizza. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the, the lone, Cyrano uh, nomination for costume yeah. design, um, which frankly, I, I do feel like uh, the distributor of Cyrano, I think they just continued to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, and you know what? I think they still are because, you know, it was going to be like, it, it got like obviously some early critic screenings and it, it had a qualifying run, uh, mm-hmm. I guess in Los Angeles. Um but uh, but then they pushed it back to January. It was gonna it was gonna open wide in January, no matter what. Then they pushed it back to early February. Then they pushed it back to the twenty fifth of February. Like they just kept pushing it back. And even though, like, yeah, I'm sure they're sending out screeners. There is something to be said for like a film just being 
out there, whether it be available streaming or, you know, we live in Los Angeles. This is where all the voters are. If you're not seeing posters everywhere, it's not even just advertising the release, much less a, a FYC. Um, it's just not really in people's consciousness. And I really feel like if they had released the film early, let's say they actually did release it in December. I actually think it would have it, the likelihood of being nominated in other categories, including best actor. Um, I think that could have happened, but I yeah. think they just have have bungled it and continue to bungle it. I've seen a couple of TV ads for it. No indication that it's a musical at all, oh, no. at all. They but, make it I mean, look like they're playing up on Peter Dinklage as the guy from Game of Thrones. They make it look like uh, like he's a, a, a warrior, which he is. But they're playing yeah. that up. Not the musical, not really even the romance. It's it's astonishing to me. They're setting people up to be disappointed. But also, I mean, then I mean, I don't want to defend uh, bad marketing, but like the number of musicals in 2021, sure, that didn't do the business that I think people wanted. Yeah, um, is it's crazy. Like there were a lot of musicals. Like yeah. when I. Um, when I watched in the Heights the other night, I was like, okay, I think I got them all. And then I was like, oh, I completely forgot that dear Evan Hansen existed. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of people wish that they forgot. Yeah. Um, but, but I think uh, I saw the rest. I saw tick, tick, boom. I saw Cyrano. Mm-hmm. I saw Annette. Oh, and I feel like there's right. another like live action musical from, uh, 2021 that I'm, that I'm missing. But, uh, yeah, D- dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. is the one that I didn't see. What is, go ahead. Yeah, it's that's the thing is also like part of me feels like, do you think you're going to make a lot of money on Cyrano? Like this is a movie that for which you would get you're going to get prestige. And maybe some nominations, but like you keep pushing it back so that you can try to maximize the number of people that can see it in the theater like it was for COVID reasons. They pushed it back. Understandable if you really feel like you're going to bring in a lot of money. And I don't think Cyrano was ever going to do that. Um, even if it is the movie that they're touting it as. Um, and so, I don't know, it's uh, obviously I'm close to it because I love it so much, but um, you know, I want as many people to see it as possible because I think if you go in knowing what it is, you're going to, you're going to love it. Um, but yeah, if they, if they're putting it out there as like, you know, a, 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 an action vehicle for Peter Dinklage, like you're just, it's going to be uh, Darren Aronofsky's mother all over again. Uh, where people where just like, it gets like an F cinema score because people were not expecting it to be what it was though. Admittedly, that's a harder movie to, to market anyway. What, what is the movie? Cause I know you, you've listened to the, this had Oscar buzz podcast mm-hmm. and I don't know. So I don't know. I've not listened to that podcast. I know a lot of times it's like funny stuff, like the goldfinch that came out and everybody hated it. Right. But do they also cover movies that were like legitimately good movies? That yes. Some, okay. Because yeah, Okay, do you have one of those this year that like at the beginning of the award season you thought would have been a contender that isn't but should have been? Is it well it's probably Cyrano, right? For you Cyrano's Cyrano's a big one. Yeah, I don't know why actually you just you just like went on a whole thing about yours. Yeah. Uh because mine um I also like Cyrano, but mine is definitely the humans. Sure. Uh it's it's so good um and has such a great cast and it feels like it's a, a, a movie for this type of season the the way that the humans has just 
completely fallen off of the awards radar is uh, is baffling to me. You know, looking at my at my list here, um, you know, I recognize that Tragedy of Macbeth. It got it was nominated for cinematography, production design, uh, best actor. You know, it's no slouch, but it is interesting to me that it has not been more embraced in, in more categories because I do think that it's a and this might just be me. I feel like it's an overall triumph. Like it's the kind of thing that in a different year, I feel like could have been up for director or something like that. But uh, I don't know, maybe just uh, the style of it is something that they can appreciate in these individual ways, like cinematography, like production design, but as a whole, maybe they just feel like a little distant from it, which I can understand. Uh, What else do we want to, to, to cover? So let's see here. Now I okay so I didn't see don't look up. I don't know very many people look not that the not that critics are indicative of what the Oscars are going to do but yeah. I don't know very many people that that like it really at all. Um but, they like they like it more than Vice. Yeah. Uh and sir but it's uh, Vice it was much more rewarded by the Oscars as far as nominations than Don't Look Up, but just like the fact that uh, Don't Look Up was still part of the conversation as far as certain as far as screenplay, as far as picture, it's also up for uh, score, I believe, and it may I think Which one or two other things. The the closest it comes to deserving anything is Nicholas Patel's score, which is a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, no, but yet I'm going to sound like uh, I'm going to sound like you here. You have to keep in mind how liberal the Academy is in terms of their politics and how don't look up like vice is one of those movies that's meant to make liberals feel smug and good about themselves. And so I honestly think that a lot of people in the Academy voted for don't look up because they feel like they're, doing the right thing in some way by sure. voting for it. Yeah. That it, that it's like voting for don't look up as a vote for climate change awareness. Yeah. You, you know, um, I, I honestly think that's, that's motivating and that is not, um, you and I and the type of critics we tend to read and associate w- with, and the people we talk to about movies are regardless of where they fall in the political spectrum are n- not likely to, value that above is it a good film right <laughs> but a lot of voters academy award voters are and admittedly studios play into that um i remember you know please don't think i'm comparing 12 years a slave with don't look up uh in more than uh one regard um i remember uh, 12 years a slave a movie that i don't necessarily love but yeah. i do remember that uh when it came time for Oscar campaigning, there was like a, a full page ad in, I think it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter, maybe both, that was, you know, 12 Years a Slave. And it said something like, like, it's time. And it's like, <laughs> what? It's time for what? Like slavery. Yeah. Okay. Slavery is, is done now. And do you think that like nominating 12 Years a Slave is going to be the final nail in the coffin? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, so I certainly I think studios do play into that, but there is also that that talk that like 
there are just so damn many people in don't look up. And so like, I've heard that any movie that has a huge cast like this, because the actors branch is like the biggest branch in the Academy um, and everybody votes. And so it's this idea. It's like, when you have a big cast like that, everyone's like, well, well everyone knows someone that was in don't look up. So why not nominate it? <laughs> um, I've heard that as well. So it's, like a, it. it's like a bringer show in stand-up terms. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, do, I wasn't necessarily, and I haven't seen it. I could wind up loving it. And I guess now I feel, I sort of kind of feel like I have to watch it cause it's up for picture. Um, but I don't take the nomination seriously. So maybe I won't, I certainly won't prioritize it over like Coda um, or drive my car. But, uh, but yeah, when you saw that it was nominated, like, did you have any kind of reaction or did you think like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I expected most of these nominations. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's another, uh, maybe I'm a, I'm a a better Oscar predictor than I thought I was because I did pretty well um with with my with my nominations but i i think that i'm terrible because i always do terrible in our fantasy awards season um but that seems to be just luck of the draw i guess it, i think it is because when i look at your your roster i always think like yeah that's that's about right that that yeah. tracks yeah. um but uh yeah and and this year i don't know i don't know if it speaks about the year itself but it does feel like there were a couple notable inclusions and a couple of notable snubs, but for the most part, everything is, is as one would have expected. Um, and uh, especially if you're, fo- if you'd been following, you know, the, the awards season though, as we have because of our draft. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's, if there's anything else that really jumped out at me positively well, or negatively. Uh, as I predicted, um, this is not a risky prediction. Uh, Flea was nominated for best documentary, best animated film and best foreign. Yes. Um, which one do you think it's going to win? Uh, possibly none. Okay. I think, I think, I think documentary is where it has the best chance. You think more than summer of soul. I said, no, I said it's where it has the best chance. I think it would be beaten by summer of soul. See, I think it has the best chance in, in, in animation. What do you I think, think is going to, you think, in, Encanto? Encanto? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The sheer number of people that I've heard talk about uh, Encanto, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but just... You're probably right the first time when you said Encanto. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I should have trusted myself. And yeah, you were right. I said it all American. I'm the one who does my Spanish language Duolingo every morning, and I still went Encanto. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually don't think, I don't think it'll win international. Um, I think that'll, I imagine that'd probably go to drive my car. Right. Like yeah, that's usually yeah. how it works. Um, and yeah, it just in, in every category, I think there's w- at least one movie that is higher. There's like higher profile, uh, that the okay. Academy will go for. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, documentary had some surprises uh, uh, in it in terms of um, to me what was left. I thought the rescue was going to be uh, yeah, a lot of people did uh, in there, um, which I haven't seen yet. It's very it's coming up on my to watch list. Um, Procession was one that uh, yeah, just going yeah. by by the BPs and stuff I've heard. I know that that's one that was very much yeah. in contention. Documentaries are always odd. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, foreign film is, or sorry, international features, uh, the name of the category yeah. is, is weird. Three, I mean, three of the five are expected. Drive my car, flee, and the worst person in the world were ex- expected. Yeah. Um, weird that a hero didn't get right. in there because the Academy likes Asghar Farhadi and yeah. ha- as in the past. So weird that a hero didn't get in. I would have thought weird that Parallel Mothers didn't get in until I just looked up. Like yeah. I said, it wasn't the nomination or the, the submission. Um, but uh, I don't know. And I had never even heard of Lunana a yak in the classroom. That now became... it's it's the top of my list because of that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the subtitle, a yak yeah. in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. I want to know, uh, like, what does that mean? Is that almost like a like a, a something? Uh, you know, a something in the sheets. It's like I'm a really yak in the classroom. <laughs> like maybe in in uh, in that country, like that. That's what that means. I don't know. Um, well, I can tell you because I looked into it. It okay. is it is literal. There is a yak oh. in the classroom. Uh, it's the first film ever from Bhutan to be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, so that's, okay. that's nice. Uh, but then yeah, that the fifth slot went to the hand of God, which yeah. I don't really have any complaints about. I like, it's not top tier Paulo Sorrentino, but I like Paulo Sorrentino. So I'm fine. With it. And yeah, it's they kind see... of his, it's kind of his Belfast by the way, or his Rome edge, except it's not in black and white, but it's his, uh, and it's better autobiographical film. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. So looking at, looking at, at this because you know there's a lot of these that i haven't uh, that i haven't seen so um i don't have much outside of like some acting uh, nominations i don't really have much invested in these so i'm fine to kind of cap this off okay with uh with uh we're just gonna I, i'm gonna throw it at you i'll chime in too i guess we're gonna oh, go okay. category by category and i'm gonna ask what you think is gonna win you ready Oh shit! I wish I had my other laptop because I actually have that um, called up. So um, hold on a second. Okay. Hold on. Uh, let me try and organize this. One thing that's interesting to me, by the way, looking at best original song, a category that I rarely care about, um, which I also got four out of five right right in my predictions. I did not see four good days which I feel like it's Diane, it's Diane forever and the Oscars nominate Diane Warren for things. I Um, had guns go bang from the harder they fall getting into that slot Um, movie. I don't like, but that's a fun song. um, And I only know the song. I haven't seen the movie, but four good days. I feel like that came out so long ago that I was like, how is, how does that qualify? But uh, I'm I'm actually looking up the release date of four good days because I'm pretty sure I reviewed it. Is there a link? Is there a link? There is yes. Okay, then I did review it. Uh, sorry, I had navigated away from that that page. Yeah, I guess it came out in April twenty twenty one. Yeah, wow, and was summarily forgotten about. Okay, uh, so until now. Okay, all so right. I'm so you start, want me to make my predictions? Yeah, I'm going to start at the bottom with and work my going to work our way up to best picture. Okay. All right, David. Best visual effects. What do you think wins? Um, I'm looking at the, uh, Oh, Dune. Yeah, I do too. I, I think yeah. so. I think Dune's going to win a lot of this stuff, which yeah. is great for me as far as the draft goes. Yeah. Um, okay. Production design. What do you think is going to win? Um, sorry. I'm on a different page now. So these are in a different order. Oh, okay. Um, production design. I'm also going to go with Dune. <laughs> it's, 
I think, I mean, there's a lot, it could go a lot of different ways. I think it probably will be Dune, but I could also see the Academy like really imp- like trying to embrace West Side Story where it can. Um, but, uh, and I think an argument could be made for Tragedy Macbeth in there as well. But I, I, I do think probably Dune, yes. Okay. Um, international feature. Um, oh, Drive My Car. Same with me. Cinematography. Hold on. Okay. I lost the list. Where is, where are the nominees? I can read them too if you want. The, no, that's um, cinematography. I feel like I'm going to be a broken record. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say Dune on, on, on almost every category. Dune is nominated, and I'm going to say Dune almost. Okay. This one, I think that's very likely. I'm going to say Power of the Dog. Okay. Because I think they're going to try to embrace it, and I think it's. Oh, you know what? What? I think you're right. Can I change okay. my vote to Power of the sure. Dog here? Sure. Just for the, just for the record. Let the record show I'm voting Power okay. of the Dog. Uh, okay, so ori- uh, original song. Original song. I have to look here. Um, the one from Encanto. Oh, okay. I think it's, it's going to be No Time to Die. Okay. Uh, for whatever, like, the Academy has really started to embrace uh james bond themes okay um skyfall and uh specter not that that was the name of the song like those both won best songs so i think it's going to be no time to die okay um documentary feature uh summer of soul i think so as well animated feature uh i'm saying fleet i'm gonna go out on on a limb and say fleet I'm going to say Encanto. See, I'm going a different way with it. I'm going Encanto. further away. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Holy crap. Um, I'm just going to say Dune. I don't know. I think it's going to be uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. Um, I feel like in the last few years, if you can... Uh, whether it be like bombshell or um, darkest hour or vice, like if they can make right. someone look like a real person, uh, then I, the, the Academy seems to embrace that. So I think this is one where Dune is not going to get it. I think it's going to go to eyes of Tammy Faye, but I wonder having seen eyes, eyes of Tammy Faye, I guess people are, the voters are seeing the movie because I feel like, I don't think eyes of Tammy Faye is a good movie, but to right. the extent that Jessica Chastain like becomes Tammy Faye. I think a lot more of that is Jessica Chastain than it is the makeup. So if someone were voting on makeup and hairstyling, just based on like production stills, the eyes of Tammy Faye actually doesn't look that great. I think separated Hmm. from Jessica Chastain's performance. Okay. So I don't know that it might look too, uh, I don't know. Theatery. Yeah. And that might be, that might be enough. And then I guess, you could also go with just sheer volume of makeup and go with coming to America. Uh, okay. You know, where it's like, look at all these, like we made yeah. Eddie Murphy look all these, like all these different characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be eyes of team. Okay. Uh, best editing. Now I have to look at the ding dang nominees here. Um, okay. Best editing. Hmm. Power of the dog. This one's this one's tough. I'm actually a little bit surprised. Power of the Dog is is nominated. 
Like it, it speaks to how much they were embracing it. I'm not sure if I think they'll embrace it enough to actually award it. I'm surprised West Side Story is not nominated, honestly. Um, in this one, I actually am going to go the other way. I think I think it will be due. Okay. Original screenplay. Oh, original screenplay. Belfast. You know, I think so too. I think that a lot of people have been saying licorice pizza, but it's like, this may wind up being the only thing that Belfast wins. And I think mm. they want to give it something. And this is what it would be. Um, so yeah, it's look, it looks like another instance of PT Anderson, not winning anything, especially yeah. screenplay, uh, adapted screenplay, uh, the power of the dog. Yeah. I think that's for sure. Um, original score. This is a um, tough one. I, I know. I think power of the dog here as well. Um, I think it's, I think it's that or Dune. Um, okay. People really have like embraced, uh, Hans Zimmer's score. I think it's between those two for sure. Um, uh, I was I surprised the Nazi Spencer on here. I thought Johnny Greenman was going to get two, two yeah. noms. Yeah, there's not a great deal of support for Spencer uh, <laughs> this year outside of actress, which a lot of people thought wasn't going to happen. She wasn't up for a SAG. Uh, award. SAG yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so score, I think. I think Dune, but I definitely think it's between those two. Uh, best sound. Best sound. I'm probably going to go with Dune. Yeah, Dune. I think so too. Either that or no time to die because like, I don't know, timing, uh, timing out the bullet, uh, you know, gunshots tends to be something that, that gets sound Oscars, but I think probably Dune. Yeah. Uh, costume design. Honestly, I'm going to say Dune here again. Um, but that might be wishful thinking because I think that in visual effects are the two that I would really like to see Dune win. I think okay. the, the, the costumes in Dune are, are beautiful. They're fantastic. Yes. Um, but I wonder if they're not loud enough for the, uh, the Academy. Yeah. I, I think they're actually, they went for something that seems like the, the practicality of, of these characters, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, something like you'd find in hunger games or something like that. So as a result, I, I actually think it's probably going to be Cruella. Um, cause it, because it's, it's the most fashiony or outwardly fashiony. Yeah, and yeah. like anytime something is even vaguely about the fashion world, that often wins best best costume. Yeah. Um, supporting actor, uh, Cody Smith McPhee. I think him as well. I think there's the possibility, I remote, that Jesse Plemons actually splits that vote and it winds up going to Kieran Hines. Because he's the older actor, he's it is his first time being nominated. He might not get another chance. Not that he's on the brink of death or anything, but like um, everybody really likes him. Uh, it could go to him, but I, I think yes. Just I think there's so much support for Power of the Dog that it, that it will be. I agree with you. I think it will be Cody Smith McPhee. I'm just trying to see all sides where I can. Okay. Um, supporting actress. Hmm. Hmm. Ariana DeBose. Yeah, that's that's mine as well. And I think that's I don't think anyone is really going to like challenge her. If if Katrina Balfe and Ruth Negga had been nominated, I'd say like they could have posed a challenge, but they weren't. So yeah. I think it's I think it's hers. I'm actually conflicted about best actor. 
Um, well, I'm going to say Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm going to say you're conflicted about him or Andrew Garfield. No, I think him or Will Smith, honestly. Oh, right. I forget that he was like, sometimes these narratives just get put into place. Will Smith was considered the front runner in October. And so there are right. people who were still voting, I think, based on that. And you know what? If, if this had been like the only nomination that King Richard had gotten, then I'd say like, okay, well, the nomination is perfunctory, but the, the film itself has run out of steam, but it's up for picture supporting actor screenplay, like all this stuff. So I feel yeah. like, yeah, I feel like it actually has not run out of steam. So I actually think it will be Will Smith. Okay. Um, hard to say. I, it could also be one of those things where the Academy's like, look, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win eventually. Will Smith has been nominated multiple times. Hasn't won. Let's do it. Um, best actress. This is a tough one. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm going to say Olivia Coleman. <sighs> Against my better. You know what? Damn. I really don't know. I'm inclined to say Kristen Stewart, but like I was just talking about with Will Smith, this is the only nomination it got. So, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say Nicole Kidman. Oh, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I me too. Um, director, director Jane Campion. I agree. Best picture, Power of the Dog. So, yeah, me too. Um, and what would how would you feel about Power of the Dog winning Best Picture? Uh, I'd be I'd be very happy about that. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be my pick, but I think like the to uh, to go back to something I was saying earlier, the fucking like MCU in particular, and just like that type of movie in general, has poisoned people's minds into thinking Power of the Dog is like the art house pick. Power yeah. of the Dog is a very good mainstream movie for grownups. Yes. It's not like an art house movie. And so I feel like power of the dog winning would be a victory for sanity. <laughs> Cause it would feel like, yeah, I guess power of the dog winning would be like if green book were good, maybe sure. Like it's sure power of the dog is the kind of movie that should be winning best picture. If that makes sense, not my favorite movie of the year, but it's not, an insult in, in like parading around as an Oscar type movie, like the green book. And it's right. not like, I love when stuff like moonlight wins. I'm personally, I love that. Um, and, and I'd be happier if, if drive my car or, or licorice pizza, uh, personally I would be, but power of the dog feels like when I, I can picture myself walking through Hollywood and Highland where they have the pillars yes. with all yes. every year's uh, uh, best picture winner on them. And I can see 2021 power of the dog and be like, that feels right. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. The idea of, of talking about the film as a mainstream movie, it's like, yeah, it's got big stars in it. It's a, it's a Western. Um, but I, you know, Green Book has a very good, that is our go-to at this point for like, yeah. you know, uh, a bit of a punching bag, but um, it did replace Crash, right? As yeah. the like yes. the punching bag, best picture winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give it, give it enough time. And, uh, you know, Crash rep replaced Driving Miss Daisy and then Green Book <laughs> replaced Crash. Look, if as long as there's like a really 
simplified uh, approach to race. Whatever yeah. the newest one is the one we'll be talking about. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Power of the Dog, like, I feel like it could be seen as art house, except that obviously it's a Netflix movie and it's got big stars in it, but it's so meditative, you know? It's not going to other Westerns. It's not Unforgiven, which still yeah. ha- is a little bit slow, but it has like guns and stuff like this is is not that. Okay. Um, and, you know, on on Facebook, you know, I would see I would get ads for Power of the Dog. And I'm like, let's take a look at those comments and see what people think. <laughs> uh, not a beloved film by any stretch of the imagination. Um, a lot of people talk about how boring it is, worst movie of the year, all that kind of thing. So I think you and I have a skewed idea of what mainstream means. I guess um, so, yeah. In this case, it could just mean like a major studio put it out. It certainly is not indie. Um, yeah. And it stars a, a well-known actor um, and it's in a, a very American genre, but I, I could see it. But, yeah. I would, lo- I would actually love if it won, which it probably will. Um, Cause the film is slowly, but surely working its way up my personal list. Just the more I think of it, I love it. I really it, love it. It is, it is meditative, but I think it's comparing it to something like drive my car, which I know you haven't, seen sure. yet which you will love by the way okay um the the payoff of power of the dog is not just character emotion psychology there right. is also a plot payoff to power yes. of the dog yes. and i guess that to me is what makes it feel more mainstream i have i've had the exact same thought which is like the tone of the film would suggest that this is just you know um last days yeah, by right. Gus Van Sant or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, no, there actually is like characters taking action. They have clear motivation. That action does have a payoff. Like it, yeah, it's more so than I thought it was going to be. It is. Yeah. It's, it's our version of mainstream, I guess. I guess um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I agree. I think as far as best picture, it will, it will be power of the dog and I'll be perfectly fine with it. Yeah. Um, having not seen some key movies that are nominated, like drive my car and Coda. Um, and I guess well, don't look up. I could, it could, it, don't look up might sweep me off my feet. Seems unlikely, but you never know. Um, I'm trying to think, will you have a chance to see drive my car? Is it, I, I mean, st- stuff is always re- in Los Angeles when the best po- best picture nominees are announced. A lot of stuff gets re-released in, in theaters. Okay. So I think I'll, I'll have a chance to see it that way. Good. Good. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, that's, that's our uh, Oscar nominees episode. Listeners feel free to weigh in, in the comments section with, uh, you know, snubs uh, that you are frustrated about or happy about or uh, inclusions you're happy about or uh, predictions in various categories. We'd love to to hear what you have to say about all of this. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you can find links to reviews of a good number of these movies, not as many as in past years, as you uh, pointed out, Tyler, but a number of them. Um, you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davy Pretension. Uh, also check out my other podcast, which you can find at battleshipretension.com. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. It's a podcast in which my wife and I watch uh, compare and contrast an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother uh, every, every week. Um, this week was uh, the Friends episode was 
the one after the Super Bowl part one, which was kind of the introduction to what I understand will be a uh, recurring element of Friends, which is the big name guest star mm. um, uh, or big name guest stars, uh, plural. And uh, the um, How I Many Mother episode we watched is called First Time in New York which uh, the guest star for that episode is Lucy Hale, who would not have been that big a name at the time, but went on to be part of the cast of Pretty Little Liars. Ah. So Pretty Little Liar heads uh, will will enjoy seeing a young Lucy Hale. Uh, That's uh, where you can find that. And uh, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, nothing in particular, except to say that, uh, at Battleship Pretension, as we've mentioned, like we, we do have a post that lists all the best picture, uh, all the, all the Oscar nominees, uh, with, with one exception links to our reviews. <laughs> so you can sort of see what we, what we thought of some of these movies. I would also say, check out, um, our BP's nominee list, um, which there's a fair amount of overlap with with uh, the Oscars, more so than you'll find in in previous years. Um, but yeah, you can see what uh, David and myself and our other contributors uh, determined to be the the best movies of the year and the best uh, performances and all that kind of thing. So you can find all that at uh, BattleshipRetention.com. Uh, until then, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.